Welcome to this edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. Sean Newell, Dennis Brzezinski alongside Richie Seymour sitting in again this week. I don't know why we don't call it like Sean D and Richie's Good Tape or The Good Tape, but we still have it's yet to change the name. The good tape we got we to figure that out at some point. But Dennis, it's nice that you showed up this week. Thanks for showing up for the taping. Hey, it turns out not only do I look Minnesota, I'm feeling Minnesota also, so it's all good. <laughs> I, I apologize to uh to all the fans uh, as you all know disappointment starts with d and uh and that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good that's one so good yeah oh yeah. fuck yeah so so d where were you last week we were we were set to tape at this time by the way it's about six in the morning on sunday we were set to tape this time was it saturday or sunday last week i don't remember which day and um richie and i showed up and had a really lovely conversation for about 25 minutes and and d just never showed so it, what turns out is when you're like on the other side of the world you don't necessarily read messages correctly (laughs) like like i had in my head the entire time that it was going to be evening for you guys saturday evening for you guys and sunday morning for me so i had it all planned out for it but turns out i was wrong not the first time the last time well Fun fact, something you you taught me a long, long time ago was whenever we talk time, it's always in central time. No matter where in the world, if I say it's 3 p.m., it's you, you guys assume it's 3 p.m. central time. So, like, at this point, you should just be used to this. It's fun that it's come around and fucked me in the ass like this, but mm. it's, it's do you think do you think if we all three didn't live in the central time zone at the same time that we'd still go off central time just for the oh yeah yeah definitely yeah no doubt it makes sense you know what and and it's a great lesson for me uh you know uh, i don't like to be a hypocrite so it you know it's it's fair yeah i i i accept it it was my fault uh to our dozens of listeners uh yeah no i just i i had it in my head completely wrong Oh well, we move on. I'm guessing Jen from France has something to uh, to to say about this, but you know whether whether she'll even chime in at this point because of her disappointment. Um, I, I do have to apologize to the fans. I was out waiting in the cold so long last weekend that I ended up getting a cold, and, and that's why I see it sound a little sick. So that's Dee's fault too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I accept it. Everything's always my fault. It's all good. <laughs> So let's get it's into been this. that way for 43 years. So I'm all fine. I'm fine with that. Let's get into this first song because we are in a little bit of a time crunch today due to some other obligations. So uh, um, first song is yours, Dennis. And this, by the way, this playlist kind of inadvertently became all about 1991 almost because you had picked three songs, D, from 1991. So then I did. And then Richie changed a couple of picks to make it pretty much all about the year of 1991 in music and then a song from like 2014. 
randomly or 2012 or <laughs> 2012. something like that. But, so, yeah. but, but, but I mean, it, it's insane. 30 years ago, there were incredible music releases. And, and the first one is Porch by Pearl Jam. 91's 10, their, their debut album. I, God damn, this song is amazing. And I remember uh, one of the reasons I picked this song uh, is not only is it fucking badass, but I just remembered like being in in fifteen, the uh, the S or the, the the truck that had the tape player, and I would bring my tape, and and I remember playing this song and just fucking rocking out to this and just singing that fucking end part. God damn, it's such a great song. It's a fast song. It really just it it there is no drop in intensity throughout the entire entire of the God, I can't talk this morning throughout the entirety of the song it's just kind of a in your face the entire time and, and I've always found this song to be very uh similar to once also like like those two songs oh whenever one of yeah. them starts and and granted same time frame it's mm-hmm. it's just it's the sound it's that it's same album yeah, yeah <laughs> that quintessential Pearl Jam sound that comes through and porch yeah you do have a real uh uh What's the 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 friend's uh, deep voice uh, <laughs> when Phoebe does the cat song? God damn it, I can't think of it, it and it's appropriate because uh, the friends reunion is happening next week. But uh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, yeah, no, like like this. And, and Sean, me and you have seen this band live several times. Sure. Uh, like this is one the one one of those songs where like. Mike McCready just goes crazy on the solo. And this is also where Eddie Better would do the, you know, climbing the scaffolding things, you know, during that that break. And it just such an incredible, incredible sight. Yeah. The, Ma- the McCready solos continue today. Um, Eddie not climbing the scaffolding so much these days. In his oh, no, he knows yeah. better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Second wife. He's got kids. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Now, isn't it, isn't <laughs> it true? Isn't it true that Mike doesn't really play this the same way every time? I mean, he, it's always kind of some oh. different variant almost every time he plays it. It's just kind of like <laughs> off the cuff going crazy with the guitar. You, you know, what's funny is you bring that up is, uh, so we had the Wama guitar gently weeps mm-hmm. on the last episode. And uh, uh, there was an article this week where one of the members of, uh, uh, of the time said that Prince told him the secret to a great guitar solo is to practice it over and over again and make it seem like it's natural, but know what you're doing. And Mike McCready does not do that at all. Pearl Jam doesn't do that at all. Their set lists are different for every goddamn show. So it's, it's yeah, you know, he just goes off the cuff and he's so underrated and so fucking good. Well, the crazy thing, the crazy thing about that is, though, too, is is when you are playing different songs every night. I mean, most of the time when a band goes on tour, they've got a couple of songs that they'll trade in and out. But for the most part, it's the same set every night. And when you're doing that, there's no way you have time to rehearse all those songs. So you're going off muscle memory, which, in my opinion, makes it more interesting because I love it when songs don't sound exactly the same in concert as they do on the album. And they have a little bit of varying to it. And when you put that level of surprise in there of, oh, we're going to play this song we haven't played since the last tour that's going to do that to those songs 
Yeah, one hundred percent. And 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 that's the thing about Pearl Jam is they don't they don't give you the same thing every night. Like you go back over their thirty years of existence, the set list is different every goddamn night, and it's fucking brilliant. Do you, do you want to go through and 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 I don't really believe that that's what the the song was written for, but the whole belief by some that this is a pro choice song. Oh yeah, no, it's I, I mean that just happened at that unplugged uh, show, which would be a great you know little bonus episode to do to, to watch that unplugged thing because they recently re released it officially. But uh, no, I think it's about losing a friend. Uh, if looking at the notes, you know, of course, the pro-choice thing happened because during that the finale of the uh, uh, Unplugged, you know, Eddie jumped up on the chair, wrote pro-choice on his arm, and he's a proud supporter of abortion rights, which, you know, women's rights. And and it's, it's uh, but it's, it's interesting how it evolved to that. But, but when you listen to the song, it's just basically about losing a friend. Right. Not understanding why you lost that friend. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. yeah, I, I just, I, and I think it's um interesting that it became like part of a movement. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that was certainly what it was originally written for either. So, despite what a lot of people think, so. And the cross I'm bearing home ain't indignative of my place. I love that fucking line. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely a good song. You know, when we when we take when we look through this playlist, it's kind of interesting. You know, and we're gonna move on to the second song here in just a second. But I think Richie, you pointed this out when we were putting the playlist together over the last um, several weeks, is that it's kind of like that cross between grunge and alternative and regular mainstream rock at that time. And so we're going to kind of go back and forth a little bit and, and um, some, some rap from the early years when it became super, super popular too. It, this is why this is such an interesting playlist. And it just, it's a fascinating year because Mm -hmm. this really is a year that just music changed what they played on the radio. It they're pre 91 and post 91, like two different, two completely different, uh sets 100 percent. like like the entire landscape of music billboard sort of mtv shit changed this year 1991 like yeah. and yeah. and the songs that we're talking about including the next song uh uh you know just fucking you know absolutely encapsulates that so let's take you to a movie theater in 1991. You know, you go see the biggest hit of the, I believe, the summer that summer, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. And you see this little um, brat kid on a dirt bike riding away from a bad guy as fast as he possibly can. And you get You Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses. That's what I always sadly think of when I hear this song is little young John Connor, like trying to fly away and get away from from that robotic Terminator guy in in that movie. And I mean, even so, even the movies changed then because, like, mm-hmm. that was the year that like the CGI exploded, and that movie in particular did things no one had ever seen before. And it's and that's you know the same thing with what Seattle did to music that year. Um, but oh. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's an excellent point. James Cameron changed things with the the, the effects, uh, and 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 this song came out you know, prior to the album coming out, like, like I'm certain we all remember 
you know, seeing the video on MTV and, and, and be like, oh, fuck, Guns N' Roses has got some, you know, a new album coming out soon. And it turned out to be two albums. Yes. Yeah. 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 Although some could say some could say they could have combined them to make one really, really awesome album instead of uh, so many filler when, tracks. But, but Axl Rose at that point knew what yeah. the fuck he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, all right, I'm going to. Yeah. We're ending this. Yeah. Doing this now. Yeah. Here's everything I got. Yeah. And to be fair, after after this, we would be begging for one mediocre album from them ever, ever again. We would have we would have killed to have gotten that. After one and two, the spaghetti incident was a long way away, and then we're just waiting for for what Chinese democracy was that? Which the, wasn't was that really, the one? Which wasn't really Guns and Roses. It was just Axl yeah. Rose and his band. So, and, and I should have looked this up. I, I and, and expect this coming. Uh, but I believe the Offspring actually released an album called Chinese Democracy, like three or four years before the Guns N' Roses album. Oh, did they out. really? Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Just to fuck with them. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that's true, and 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 I'll, we'll look this up at some point for, you know, when I have to take a piss at some point. <laughs> so, but, uh, so. Uh, so this song though, um, you know, I, I hadn't heard it in quite a long time when I, when I, uh, when I picked it, it is, it, it is very much like porch though, where it's just in your face the entire time. It's, it's just a really, it's just a really hard rocker of a song. And, uh, I love the, the fact about the, some of the lyrics from the song having come from being written earlier and were in the liner notes for appetite for destruction. I loved that when I saw that. That was notes. so cool. Yeah. And, and like Izzy Stradlin is is not necessarily like folklore like great but he has so much to do with fucking original guns and roses shit well he wrote a lot and of their he wrote a lot of their best songs yeah yeah and and, and and he had that band uh uh izzy stradlin and juju hounds which uh I, I actually got to go to the emporium which is a, a record store in marquette michigan and uh, I found uh, that CD there, and I never owned the CD. And you know, it was like two dollars, so I bought it. Uh, uh, but but he's so underrated as both a rhythm guitarist and a songwriter. And it's but but it's so good. And like a lot of the early success of Guns N' Roses had to do with Axel and Izzy's relationship because they both came from, you know, Indiana. So uh, you were making so, well, I got, I got, I got to go back just a second on um, something you just said that it was only two dollars, so you bought it. I mean, come on, let's be real. If it was twelve dollars, you would have bought it too. And you know, if it had stickers, he would have gone up to fifty. Well, it probably does have the clearance sticker on it, and that was good enough. <laughs> sticker? No, it was a used CD, motherfucker. <laughs> so it had scratches. <laughs> I honestly haven't played it, so I don't know if it has. <laughs> of course, you haven't. <laughs> who plays CDs anymore? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No. So anyhow, this song in that movie. Do you remember going to see that movie in Jacksonville at what the Illinois and the Times? Is that what the theaters were called? Yeah, those were. Yeah, I think it was actually at the yeah. Illinois. I think you're. I think it was at the Illinois because I think that's where I, I saw Illinois it. Illinois usually got the better movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I remember seeing it there and just being blown away, regardless of the song. And the song is 
you know, great. And of course it's, but it's, you know, for three weeks, it's hard to fucking listen to. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, again, I have a job where I can listen to music a little bit more than you guys. So, uh, yeah, this playlist got old. We'll... Well, well, if you would have shown up last week, we could have had a new playlist by now. Okay. Oh, with that being said, have the playlist ready for the next time I don't make it. Uh, so, so I'll send the notes and the playlist to you guys. You've and given, I got help. From, you've given Richie. Help. You've given Richie everything he ever wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but it will be. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on these songs, and I got help from some of our listeners uh, on the playlist too. So it'll it'll be great. But anyhow, yeah, no. So use your illusions. Ninety-one. Jesus Christ, that's ten. That's use your illusions one and two, and then the next song. It wasn't a very big song, was it? I mean, I think this one's this one's pretty underrated. Never got played on the radio very much. No, so, nobody really aware of the song. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so I don't like. I actually had a conversation, and we haven't said the song yet. But I had a conversation with my neighbors about this song this like last week that uh, we'll all probably talk about a couple times, but. I, I don't think it's uh, hyperbole to say that, like, literally, this song changed music. Like, when it came out, there is there is before you saw this song on MTV, and there is after, and those are like just two completely different times. It's absolutely correct. It smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Come on, what the fuck? If we were talking about '91 and we picked anything else but this song, you, yeah, it'd be ridiculous. No, this song changed. Music changed history, and 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 in our life, that's fucking pretty cool, because we got to see it. You know, like uh, uh, like Sean, we were big hair metal people, like you know, Poison, Def Leppard, uh, 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 like that. Richie, you you were in more of R and B and hip hop, uh, probably prior to this song. I, I, I did no. I had I had you know the Guns N' Roses albums. I I I liked. I I've always been pretty eclectic. Yeah. But yes, like this was just so different. Well, and, and this I, song I, would honestly, I, I would honestly I would honestly say with with Richie, even though D, you're pretty you're pretty diverse with your music, and I I'm diverse in my way with music. I think Richie is probably the most open minded to music out of any of the three of us. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But this song, this song, smells like Teen Spirit. Completely fucked up top 40 radio oh, yeah. and radio in general, you know, like it made everything different, you know, like you could hear uh, every rose has its thorns or, 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 you know, the end of the road by boys to men, you know, in, in a, in a fucking three or four song block and not feel yeah. like you were yeah. cheated, but smells like teen spirit just fucked it all up because everybody was like, no, we want this hard shit. Yes. And uh, we were we were so fortunate that we were just at that age where this, yeah. this this grunge movement that took off really like it was our movement like that's that is the song of our childhood and oh we we lucked out angry disassociated and uh, uh, youth that that thought they knew better like I'm, I'm guaranteeing that everybody who was in their teens thought that way but we actually had a movement that gave us that voice you know like like we got to be 
fucking dicks and assholes uh, about life because of these songs and this song right here you know regardless of whether they were the one that started it all or not they fucking said it all well they grabbed it they whether yeah whether they started it or not they're the ones who grabbed it and they didn't even mean to but they did so you know here we are now entertain us Mm -hmm. and so much of it goes back to just how good that video was and that like it took over mtv Mm -hmm. i remember it was so it was early in our eighth grade school year first half of the year coming home every day tv goes on i'm watching for buzzbin because they're going to show this song every time and whatever yeah. the precursor was to trl the, the daily hits uh video block they would do i can't remember but i used to watch that with my mom all the time yeah yep. and you would just wait for for smells like teen spirit and i mean it was there for like three months like it just oh. every day it's it, 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 it's such an incredibly written pop song in, in, akin to like a Beatles fucking song. Like like the way lyrically he fucking throws all that shit in there. Yep. Like it's 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 just perfect. It's perfect. And then you add in the fucking Dave Grohl, the the, the, the beginning of that and all of that shit. Like it's just fucking perfect. And the fact that I'm so sick and tired of this song is even, even more of a testament to how great of a fucking song it is. I turned my mic down. Um, I, I will say to that point, you know, it, it's funny that we have all heard it so much that it's not a go-to Nirvana song when you want to listen to Nirvana anymore. No, Even though it is the main all. Nirvana go-to song, it's not, but yeah. When, when, when looking, you know, when, when I when I ended up on the fucking 91 kick and looking back and seeing that we have so few Nirvana songs represented, I was like, how the fuck is Spells Like Teen Spirit not been talked about on this show? And we got Richie now, so it, you know it's perfect, and, and that leads into the next song, uh, which is it, which is why uh, it, it, it's weird. Like we have such diverse personalities, yet we all enjoy some of the same shit. Uh, Sean, maybe not so much this next song, but uh, <laughs> go ahead, Richie. Yeah. Oh, so, I know. I think Richie picks these songs just because he knows that um, it's not my favorite. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I I, I, I figured that I love out. This album. I love this album. And I've listened to it so many times the last three weeks, actually. Yeah. So it, it it's very similar to how just Nirvana and 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 uh, Pearl Jam, like how they change music on, on that side in in '91. The I ended up going back and and I had. I had sent my playlist out first and it had three songs on it and then D picked 91 songs. And Sean's like, well, if you're going to do 91 uh, alternative, I'm going to do 91 rock. And I'm like, okay, well I'll go back and change a couple of my songs. (laughs) And I ended up selecting some 91 rap because really 91 is kind of that quintessential rap had been around for 15 years, but 91 is the year that it, it put on its big boy pants and grew up and, and really, exploded and, and there's I'll, I'll get into a few different reasons why because there there are a lot of them 
uh, I ended up going with for, for my first choice was uh, Ice-T's original Gangster. But just to, to give you an idea of kind of everything that I could have picked just from that year. Yes. You had, you had the last NWA album before they broke up. You had Ice Cube's Death Certificate album, which that is so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, giving up the, the nappy dugout and, and no Vaseline, like no Vaseline. Apocalypse 91. Yep. Uh, that's on. So you had both Apocalypse 91 by a public enemy and Tupac's Tupacalypse both that year um it but but like the public the uh the ice cube nwa thing like that was the first public rap beef and i mean it, it's it's a great scene in the uh, straight out of compton movie about that uh ice t had had new jack hustler uh juice the movie came out public enemies uh, album had can't trust it and bring the noise ghetto boys had uh, uh we can't be boys god damn yeah, yeah. Uh, DJ Quick had his quintessential uh, debut album out. <laughs> Master P, Digital Underground, Cypress Hill, Big Daddy Kane, The Jizza. Sean is watching YouTube videos right now of cats playing with. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely is. And and last but certainly not least, probably most importantly, was uh, MC Hammer's Too Legit to Quit. <laughs> so, so. My hope was that Sean would have the uh, SVU uh, Law and Order thing to, to go to with the with the song. But, did you did you ask, yeah, me, no, did you ask remember, me for that? No, I didn't. But I thought you'd maybe figure that out. With oh, I can read. Thing. I can read minds. Okay, all right, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, no. So this album, I remember this album. And I, I, I don't know that I, I, I think I had it on cassette or CD, one of the two. But uh, it's, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, especially now, knowing who Ice T is. But New Jack City, God damn, that was such a great movie. And when you picked OG, the first thing I thought of was New Jack Hustler. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a great song. Yes. And then, then listening to this entire album. Christ. Yeah, it's there it's, were like so. So what I ended up doing for this because uh, you know I, I I did I I like I just basically picked pulled up hey what what ninety one rap albums released that year and I as I was looking at the list I'm like by ninety five ninety six I had at least two dozen of these albums and and they were all they all still had you know heavy rotation songs I would always listen to songs I'd pull it was unreal. And, and I, I wanted to stop and part of the research I did. So 91 is also the year that Billboard completely changed how it did uh, both sales tracking and uh, radio airplay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. So, so it used to be prior to 91, they would rely on radio stations to just tell them what they played. And they would rely on uh, record stores to tell them what they sold. So historically, there was always a thing where like, if, if you owned Front Row and you had sold out of Van, Van Halen albums, but you had this whole stack of Def Leppard albums, you would, you would report in and you'd say, oh yeah, the Def Leppard stuff's flying off the shelves to try to, to get a buzz going so that people are going to come in and buy what you have, even though it's not what you've sold. Pay to play. That's it. Yeah. And, and then the same thing with radio that, that, you know, you, you, you could, uh, 
record companies could um, help people and, and, and get their songs pushed up the list, even if they weren't actually playing them. 91, Billboard went to automatic sales and, and actual what's been playing. And the week that they did it, so, so summer of 91, the week that they made that change, the week prior, Losing My Religion by R.E.M. was the top selling, or Out of Time was the top selling album. The week that no. they changed, N.W.A. For Life was the top selling album. First time ever that a rap album had, had uh, topped the charts. Well, and to your point about, you know, the pay to play and all of that stuff, it's why they, they started the Plugola and Payola stuff to where radio DJs or people in the media just in general, like every year I have to re-sign a form, you know, being in TV news, which, you know, doesn't make as much sense as like a radio DJ for stuff like this. But I have to sign a form saying that I will not accept payment to promote a product on the air, you know, that isn't something that the station didn't set up or that I won't do it to plug something for money or or anything like that on the outside. So that all kind of started from what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and like ice tea, that whole thing, and, and going back to the, the song prior to this, it smells like teen spirit, like just completely reshaped MTV and pop culture in general, you know, because MTV did lean in and start showing these videos. Like once once they realized the audience was there, they're showing it. And and I mean, you know, for for a white kid from the cornfields in Illinois, a song like OG just wow blows your mind. Well, and you're not going to end the and the thing of it is, if not for MTV or you know other stations like it, you're not going to get it because you're not going to hear this on the radio in in Central Illinois. You're just not. We we I had a conversation like I. Uh, there's a kid that I'm working with now. I called him Dio, uh, short for another nickname that I gave him. And he said, uh, is that like a rainbow in the dark? And he's 21 years old. And I was like, oh, shit, you got classic rock radio where you grew up, didn't you? <laughs> he said, yes, absolutely. I was like, all right, this is great. All right, good. I know where we're at now. And, uh, uh, and, and the fact that people still listen to fucking radio sometimes, just <laughs> my fucking mind. And, and, and we had what DBR, YMG, QLZ, you know, like, like I, I don't know that there was many Ice T songs played on DBR, but we, we all saw it on fucking MTV. Because at that point, we weren't like this, the, the car receivers weren't strong enough to pull 1077 from St. Louis. Like, you couldn't get the stations down like the only the nearest place that would play something like this yeah you you weren't hearing this except for the fact that we had mtv yeah i find i find you i find your comment interesting about people not listening to the radio i don't know why you'd think they wouldn't well i think because of phones on. Well, but like, I mean, uh, Richie, Richie talks about listening to the radio yeah. all the time, you know, from the St. Louis stations, you know, I think, I think most people aren't as into music as you are to where they're always going to be pulling up new albums and stuff. And sometimes they just get in the car and turn the dial and hear whatever's on. So I think, I think radio is still very much alive and well. It, But I, I think, sure. I, I think you don't listen to it at home the way you used to. Oh no, I, mean, I agree with that. You turn, you, you talk to your, your smart whatever it is that you've got and have it play some, some, but it's probably, it's probably a lot of times some internet based radio station, which is still radio, just not at the local level. I would agree with that. Yeah. 
You know, in, 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 in fairness, I don't own a car anymore. So I don't ever get in my car and turn a radio on. Yeah. And that's work commutes still are a thing, but mm-hmm. now you have so many people that listen to podcasts on them. So mm-hmm. there, it, the dynamic has definitely changed. Yeah, that's we still that's still that though. Listen to podcasts. That's still though. Even podcasting, even listening to us right now, is still some form of local radio at some level. I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's where this you know got started to a certain degree. So so yeah. But anyway, I, I do want to talk about a, a couple of things with this song before we uh, before we move on from it. I do I do really appreciate, even though this isn't typically music that I listen to a lot. I do appreciate you know the parts of the notes that really talk about the fact of where Ice T got all of the inspiration for the song and how many different artists that he used like different pieces of to put the song together. I mean, you've always got to love that when people are are taking something that somebody else did and, and saying all of this stuff that's crafted me over the years to create something like that. You, it's, it's artistic and it's, it's very much appreciated. I believe that's why I'm going to guess that's why Richie picked this song off of this album. Uh, uh, if you listen to the whole thing, the whole album, and I did a, a few times in the last three weeks, uh, it's, it's, this is obviously like he realizes that, Oh shit! This this thing is getting over. Like we we have we have something here. So I want to shout out to people and tell people that you need to hear other things. You know, like like and I went back and listened to Apocalypse ninety one so many times. Like Chuck D is fucking the best. Him and fucking Tupac are my two favorite rappers. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow. Yeah, yeah, no, but but it's yeah, no, it's just it's a great example. The the title track off the album and a huge album in its day. Hey, if nothing else, just th- just think about how much you still hear the term OG today. You hear it all the time. I mean, and that's this is where it came from. Thirty years later, people say it and probably don't even know where it came from. To be quite honest, <laughs> no. And I, I do think you you alluded to it earlier, but I think it's amazing to think about where his career and, and Ice Cube's career also are. Uh, yeah, LL Cool J's career, where they went after this. The fact that, like, what seven years from now, he's not making music anymore. Uh, he's he's the the guy on SBU and has been there forever. And like most people, just think of him as an actor now. Uh, so this was one or two years before the whole body count cop killer thing. So like like that's you know it's 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 well, the first body count song you, is on this. And you right. think about you think about all of the all of the controversy that 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 came up with during that time. You know, and just how much it was in the news. And now he's on Law and Order SVU. I mean, yes. there's some irony. And, and now there. he's a lovable person yeah. who had a goddamn uh, reality show with his fucking wife. What was her <laughs> name? Coco? Was that her name? Coco. Yeah. yeah. That's still her name. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reality but, uh, show's yeah. not on anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's it's ridiculous that he's become like this lovable character. And if you hear half the songs on this record, oh my Lord, <laughs> you, you would never gotten that far he's not the first well he's not the first person that's ever ever done that you know where it's all of a sudden like how i mean you know ice cube is another example of that honestly sure all of his family movies that he's in and stuff like that talks about death certificate that album is a great album it is and there's there's some horrible fucking songs (laughs) (laughs) that do not age well 
you take it take it with America's Most Wanted, you know, the, the album oh. he released the year before this. And America KKK yes, Most yes. Wanted. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm flexing my rap muscle right now. Uh, I like <laughs> so, so, last song on this side is uh, 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 we need to hurry because, yeah, anyhow, th this is the request song. This is uh, Meg, uh, U2, Hot 10 Baby came out in 1991, fucking fantastic album. Yeah, and this song is apparently her favorite song, you know, the, the end of the world. It's so fucking good. You know, I wasn't really familiar with this song until we started listening to the playlist. I don't remember it being a big hit or anything like that. It, it, I think it had radio play, but God damn, this song just kicks you in the ass. Especially once you realize what it's about. Uh, it, it, it's essentially... Judas singing to Jesus Christ. I know. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when I saw that, after I saw the line, uh, uh, I had a dream where I was drowning in my sorrows, but my sorrows learned to swim. I was like, okay, hold on a second. I need to go back and look at what the fuck is going on with the song. And it's fucking brilliant. Well, the, the verse the the verse that he's got that he's got in here where and i'm just gonna read it i took the money i spiked your drink you miss too much these days if you stop to think and you led me on those innocent with those innocent eyes you know i love the element of surprise in the garden i was playing the tart i kissed your lips and broke your heart you you were acting like it was the end of the world i mean wow that is that is a really awesome verse see and, and then, and that's the thing. I think we had this conversation about you two before, where Bono is a little bit pretentious and, and it comes off pretentious and everything. But holy fuck, this guy can write a goddamn song. Yeah, and Edge can goddamn highlight it with just simple guitar playing. Like it's ridiculous how great this song is. Like this was the one song off of this playlist that just. Fucking just every time I listened to it, I was just like, like, God damn, that's powerful shit. And, and I mean, it says something. This was a song I wasn't familiar with. Um, because I like, I, I so the, what was it? Was Octung Baby was the first release mm -hmm. off this album, and I never really cared for that song. So I like, well, Octung Baby is the name of the album, uh, oh. uh, Mysterious Ways, I think, was the yeah, first. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I never, never cared for mysterious ways, so it, I didn't even buy this album. Which you know, for for that time frame, is kind of odd. Usually, I would buy anything. Um, and but you know, as soon as as soon as the song started playing, I'm like, oh, that's a U2 song. Like it's got to yeah. be. I don't. I can't. Oh, believe it, but it's U2. Mm -hmm. You just you can just tell it. It just reeks of them. And yeah, great, great song. Good, good pick. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's it's the lyrics like once you realize what it's about, like in thirty years, I had no idea, no idea. And 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 Bono, Bono is is prone to throw biblical references into these things because of his beliefs. But the way this one came about is just fucking fascinating, and 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 the way he wrote it. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. So fucking I, I would have never picked the the meaning, the the Judas piece out of the song mm -mm. If, if I hadn't oh. read 
And it, it's basically absolutely not. It's him singing Jesus at the Last Supper, at the betrayal, and then at, at his own suicide are the three verses, right? Yeah. That's, it, it's so good. Yeah. And who thinks up stuff like that? I mean, who thinks up to write a song like that? I mean, that you're, you've got to be, you know, pretentious, whatever you want to call Bono. It's brilliant. I mean, it really is. It's absolutely brilliant. And I, I, you know, with the pretentious thing, I'm not sure that Bono actually is as pretentious as people think that he is. He just has this pretentious aura around him. Well, no, he, and I get it. And we've talked about this on the show before. Like, like I get why people are off put by him but he's like he's genuine i think like i think he really means everything that he fucking does and says mm-hmm. and and this song yeah and, and and just the fucking you know the love 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 you know fucking refrain in my dream i was drawing my sorrows but my sorrows they've learned to swim Damn it, that's a great fucking line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great fucking line. All right, let's do something here that we're going to go a little bit like not normal because we're on a time crunch. Why don't D, you go take your break. Richie and I will keep going into the next song and you'll be back in time to talk about your feelings on it too so we can keep Richie for as long as possible because he's got to leave in just a little bit. So go ahead, D. Go do what you need Thank to you. do. And Did I have that look on my face? Well, was, no, but this would normally be where we take a break and we're not going to. So uh, You're doing the pee-pee dance. Yeah, yeah. So the next song is actually the only song on the list that is not from 1991. <laughs> Get off the screen. <laughs> he was doing the pee-pee dance. Um, but, but, Richie, you have a good reason why you picked one that was not from 1991. Yep. So yeah, so the song is uh, "She So Mean" by Matchbox Twenty, and uh, much like I, back in March, I, I had a song for Lexi on here, my daughter. Uh, this month was Bryce's birthday, my son, so I wanted to include his first favorite song, and this is uh, so yeah, "She's Mo- So Mean" came out in 2012. Bryce is four at this time, and it just for some reason the the kind of that it's got that high upbeat vibe going. And in just like a, he has a very staccato delivery of, of how he sings in the song. Bryce loved it. It like just every day when we'd hear it on the radio, going to school, he would just be singing in the back seat at the top of his lungs, bobbing his head. <laughs> That's awesome. He, he has always been more uh, musically focused than Lexi. Like he's just, you know, he went from this to Adele to uh, the, uh, the, that girl is on fire. Like he just, he has really liked music, but this was the first song. And I'll, I remember vividly, like he got in the car and he wanted to hear this song. Like it was, you know, he expected, and at the time, you know, I was, I was just throwing on the radio and I'm like, well, buddy, they may not play it today. Well, we'll see. Thankfully they do play it quite a bit. He heard it a lot, but it got to the point where I had to go and buy the song on, on iTunes just so I could play it for him. Mm-hmm. And every morning, like he, he, since once we owned it, he just wanted to hear it on, on replay on repeat, like (laughs) 10 minute trip to school. It's she's so mean. Yeah. And the, the problem is the iTunes version has the, uh, has the word shit very clearly in the song. Oh no. (laughs) And I like the first time it plays, he's listening to it. And I mean, he picks it out immediately because it's of course different he did. what he was yeah. expecting. Yeah. He, he's been singing the words and, and, and he hears it, he says it, or he hears it. And he, he like, 
I'm, I look at him in the rearview mirror when I hear it come up and he's just looking at me. So we have to stop and have that conversation like, like D did with, uh, with Katie that, well, buddy, I'm okay with you singing it in the car when the song's on. You cannot sing it at school. You don't say it anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, It's just when the song's on, that's fine. But nowhere else, okay? Do you understand? Maybe don't tell your mom about this for a few weeks. Let, let's give it time. <laughs> well, and and um, they love it. They love it when they have that uh, that going on. Yeah, absolutely. That's hilarious. I, I will say, you know, it's funny, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Richie, and I've gone through this with my kids where they'll get stuck on a song like that. Uh-huh. At Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker was one that Elliot got way into, and uh, Old Town Road, but yeah. you know, a couple of years ago, he got really into that too. To where you know, both songs are fine. I don't, I, I like both of them. They're they're both fine songs. But after you've listened to it that nine hundredth time, you're like, oh my god, I can't stand the song anymore. And then, but the funny thing is, though, is after they get out of it and they don't want to hear it anymore, you're like, man, I I kind of wish they'd still, you know, like ask for you know whatever it is you kind of miss it when they move on from stuff even if it kind of drives you crazy in the moment so it's just funny oh and and buddy it's it's coming another like three or four or five years and they won't care what you're doing in the car because they'll have their headphones on they will not be paying attention to you yeah while you got it yeah yeah ipads iphones whatever they're watching all that shit yeah Uh, so uh i came back and poured a drink uh that I thought was going to be funny for last week because I was going to record in the morning. Uh, Bacardi in the morning. Because it could, it, it, and it goes to her head. So I'm drinking a Bacardi and soda. That's it, funny. And this is such a good song. Such a fun song. Just mm-hmm. about it a is. toxic relationship. I fucking hated it the first time I heard it when you sent it. And, and Rob Thomas's voice is just one of those things that just like, no. Yeah, he sells it. I think the thing of it is with with Rob Thomas, it's so interesting. I was going to say this a couple of minutes ago and didn't get to it yet. So Rob Thomas, there's Rob Thomas, the solo artist, and there's Matchbox 20. And they're two completely different sounds. This sounds like a Rob Thomas song, not a Matchbox 20 song. And that's why it takes a minute to get used to it. But it's actually a pretty good song. So. No, no, I I ended up loving the song. Mm -hmm. and, and, And I did in, you know, like, the two weeks, but then the third week listening to it again, I'm like, like, no, no, this is a great song. Like our clothes are on the floor and your records are scratched. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know people like that. <laughs> I've known people, people like that. Like, uh, yeah. so, <laughs> uh, anyhow. Yeah. No. And, and his voice is so good. Yeah. Like, like, the, that mm-hmm. first album it just makes me think of that first album like it would have been it's so fun and and like i hope matchbox 20 gets back to to it well this album this whole album is a great album it, it just i don't know how much you've listened to it and richie it sounds like you just yeah. downloaded the single but i gave you this album on a on a jump drive d like several years ago i remember i was at, oh no i remember yeah. that i remember yeah. that and 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 I was always pissed off about how overproduced Mad Season was. Yeah, and and, and I just had an issue with Matchbox Twenty. I guarantee so, you. I guarantee you the reason that you don't like or you didn't like this song at first. I know you said you do now, but the reason you do, didn't at first is the music. It's not so much the lyrics. It's the way that the guitar jumps around and makes it so poppy. I I assume that's why you didn't like it when you were listening to it early. 
probably, probably because you know, like I, I, I just was. Ex- I want them to sound like yourself or someone like you, mm-hmm. and and they're never going to do that again. But, no, I, I think you. I think honestly, it's kind of like that. Uh, the most recent Counting Crows album, which came out around the same time as this. Once you listen to it, you you'll be like, wow, this is actually a pretty good album. I, I would take a take another listen to it and see what you think. And I will absolutely do that. And by the way, Buttersweet came out Friday. Oh, did it? I haven't uh, listened to it yet. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that could maybe be a quick episode we do because it's only four songs. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That could maybe be a quick episode we do next week uh, or, or at some point. I know it's Memorial Day weekend and you guys got family and, and, and all that shit. Yeah, but, I, I, should be, anyway. I should be okay at some point next weekend. So, yeah, we should be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it would be a fun thing to, to, to do. Uh, anyhow, yeah, no, so this song, Richie, like, at first I was just like, oh, I hate this song. And then the more and more I listened to it, I was just like, no, this is really good. It's This it's, is a really well-written pop song. It, it's a little earworm catchy in your mm-hmm. ear kind of thing. And then Fuck just yeah, yeah. the lyrics are so vivid. And so, like, he yeah. paints such a picture of this lady. Oh. And you're like, yeah. Have you ever watched the video? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's really good. Well, I I will say um happy birthday to Bryce, thirteenth birthday, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. So another another teenager. Got, got two teenagers in the house. All right. Life's <laughs> over. And uh, we the other the are other old as fuck. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes. The other question I the other question I have for you, Richie, is you were talking about he's he's more into music than your daughter. What music is he into as a thirteen year old? Oh, great question. Um. So it's interesting. Like, I have no idea what he listens to himself because it's all AirPods in. Yeah. He, but like, so when he walks to school uh, to the bus, which it's it's pretty short, and then takes the bus ride, his AirPods are in. He's listening to something. He's almost always listening to something over the video game that he's playing. I just never can hear what it is. Oh. I will say, like, when he's riding with me, I you know I'll I'll turn off my podcast and I'll I'll throw on the point. And he just he loves the sound of the point, so that's going to be your your '90s alternative and rock. Nice, and and he just it, it amazes him when I know every word to every song that comes up. I'm like, <laughs> buddy, this was kind of my my jam. Like yeah. these, yeah. But like, so you know, he'll hear uh, one of one of the songs coming up here pretty quick. He'll hear it and he'll he'll just be like, whoa, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, then, then definitely, I think what we need to do is, is when Pearl Jam reschedules that St. Louis show, um, and we get three tickets, one of them being for D, and he inevitably can't go. We'll take Price. Yeah. And, and never tell Elliot. <laughs> never tell Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the next song, and that is that's mine, isn't it? Um, it's the Metallica song from that year. You know, just just a little song from Metallica. It didn't get much airplay or anything. It's a song called no. Inner Sandman. You, you ever heard of it? We nope. don't really need to talk too much about this, right? Because <laughs> nobody knows what this song is. Right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, basically the song that broke Metallica into the mainstream. Absolutely. You know, and and I think the funniest thing about it is, and I'm going to talk about a little note that you've got in here, D, first, is that basically some of the other members of the band and one of the producers thought that the lyrics were not really on par for a Metallica song. And then it ends up being probably, I mean, probably still today, it's their biggest song that they've ever released. 
this one and one off of Angela Pearl are, are, are probably the two biggest things. But this song is the one that put them in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like they decided not to write nine minute songs <laughs> and conform to radio and, and, and MTV. And this is, this is the song that broke them. You know, you know, this is the song that put them in, into Led Zeppelin of our era. Well, it's funny you say that, that they decided to conform and stuff like that, because this is a great album. I mean, it just, there are so many good hits off of this album. And, and in some ways it's much easier to listen to than some of their earlier stuff, because the earlier stuff is awesome, but you've got to be in the right mood for it. You can hear a song off this album pretty much anytime and be like, oh, that's, that's great. Well, and, and, and like the injustice for all measure of puppets, right? The lightning, all that stuff. It's great. Because they are a heavy ass live band, an incredible yeah. live, mm-hmm. and you've guys seen them, yes, with me yes. and without me. And, uh, 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 have you ever and, seen and, them? And, have you ever seen them? Yeah, I know you didn't see them with us. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw them. I saw them with uh, Danzig and Suicidal Tendencies. Mm. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah on this tour anyhow anyhow yeah no so they decided to to cut their songs off by three or four minutes and release an album of songs that way and and you know mtv radio friendly and they blew the fuck up and and, 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 and essentially essentially became our era's led zeppelin yeah yeah the heavy metal this was another song that had just an incredible video. Like it was one that like, like it tells a story and the way they're using the flashing lights, it just, anytime it came on, it, much like smells like teen spirit, you're going to watch it. Cause it's a good video too. And that, I think that just helped with that mainstream breakthrough. Well, this song also transcends time. I mean, you know, the Bradley basketball team still uses this as their, uh, as their entrance music and stuff like that. So, so even Elliot will say, Hey, can I hear that exit light song? You know, and, and I know exactly what he's talking about. You know, he doesn't know the, know the name of it or whatever, but, but uh, you know, it's just funny that it still gets played all the time. Well, it's it's in that way. It's a lot like like a back in black, where it's mm-hmm. just ubiquitous in a stadium setting. You can mm-hmm. throw it on; it's going to get people pumped. Um, are we going to talk a, maybe a little bit about how terrible of a parent James Hetfield probably is? Um, oh dear God! <laughs> <laughs> dear God. Uh, yeah. Now I lay you down to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. I'll go to bed, Papa. I'll go to bed. I'll never sleep again. <laughs> mm. Whoa. Well, I think if you saw the movie Some Kind of Monster, you realize that, uh, or not Some Kind of Monster, what the fuck is the name of that? You mean that documentary? Yeah, that shitty documentary that made them look like pretentious. I think you're right. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that probably nailed it right there. (laughs) Regardless, the Black Album, as it's commonly called, so fucking good. It just front to back, the entire album, it grabs you and it will not let go. The unforgiven, goddamn, like, like, like some of this shit. Like, it's so good. It's so good. And, 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 and this was my first year in Franklin. You know, like, like I remember like getting there and like 
being a huge Poison and Guns N' Roses fan, and then all of a sudden Nirvana and Soundgarden and Metallica. You know, like I knew Metallica, uh, obviously, but but like like Guns N' Roses put out these albums, and it was like, holy shit, mm-hmm. my world is changing. Yeah, yep. my world changed completely. You know the. The first person that I remember being a huge Metallica fan was our friend Josh, you know, who was who was the the original yeah. Metallica fan out of all of us because he liked all those early albums. And I remember sitting at his house listening to like Injustice for All going, what is this? You know, it was just so like mind-blowingly harsh, you know, when you, sure. when you aren't used sure. to music Master. like that. I remember getting Master of Puppets on cassette from Columbia House and, and listening to it and be like, oh, fuck, this is great. Mm-hmm. You know, like Columbia House, like I was nine years old, <laughs> you know, 12 cassettes for a penny that I taped to a goddamn thing and said, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, but yeah, no, like in Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Sean, me and you got to go see Pearl Jam with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And you guys yeah. saw the Metallica yeah summer sanitarium two I do believe or is the second second time I saw it so I call it the second one but that was Richie was at that one too so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he's yeah speaking of Richie his time is getting short so let's move on because the next song is his and if we have to wrap up the show without him we will but go ahead since the next song is yours sir yeah, so going back to the 91 rap stuff, this song, not I'm not really going to say a whole lot about it. It's a Scenario by a Tribe Called Quest. Um, but this was just a song, it's a fun song. So where, where OG is a, a song that probably never should have been played on the radio, this was a song that, that like, there's, there's really nothing offensive about it. It's just a fun rap song. It's the kind of song that was starting to get some, some radio airplay back then. <laughs> and it was, for us, this was a song that, um throughout high school was still played very heavily in the locker room like this was a song that we could you know had good bass line we could crank up and and kind of get pumped to and 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 that's like it it had a for for me it had a much bigger life than i think it ever really had uh in in the public domain just because we would use it uh in 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 sports i enjoy the line go ahead d i never heard the song Prior to putting it on this playlist, yep, I I had not heard it either, but I I did enjoy the line. But uh, but Bo don't know Jack because Bo can't rap. I thought that was hilarious, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure I'm sure back in 1991 and 92 it was even more funny then than it is now. Oh, it was, Mm -hmm. and that was like they were so tribe called Quest. This this song in particular, very similar to like what Foosh Nickens did, the the guys that rapped with Shaq. Okay. Uh, a couple years later than this, but it, it just, it, it's a fun song. It, you know, I, I no, go it, in there like this, this is pretty much the introduction of Buster Rhymes. He was only like 20 at this time. Uh, it was still four or five years before he really, really blew up in mainstream. Is this Q-tip like the Q-tip from Jimmy Fallon Q-tip? Oh, I don't know. It very, it Q- very likely could Which be. Which one's Q-tip from Jimmy Fallon? I don't know who that is. Isn't Q-Tip the fucking main guy? No, that's Questlove. Oh, what? what? That's the Roots. Oh, Roots. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. <laughs> so, no, the Busta Rhymes shit 
is fucking amazing. Yeah, I love and, that stuff. And and, and this was this was another one where he brought the the tribe themselves brought in uh, several other bands that that kind of come in at different points on this song and like it just going to earlier when they when they talk about you know bringing in your people and and propping everyone up uh it's just it's a fun song there are it's, some hilarious there are some hilarious lines in here yeah they're just they're just <laughs> you know from radio to the video to arsenio tell me yo what's the scenario scooby-doo whoop-de-doo whoa, whoa like a dungeon <laughs> dragon that fucking part just cracks me up every goddamn time and arsenio yeah like you talked about like who the fuck is talking about arsenio well, in 1991, you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially in, in 91 rap, because now, you know, they, the, there, there was a, a actual late night show that sure. would have rap artists on. Yeah. Somebody that looked oh, like sure. them that would, that would relate to their music. I mean, Johnny Carson didn't do that. There's, you know, just that wasn't him. Nope. 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 No, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But no, yeah, like like I I, I was impressed by the Buster Rhymes shit. Yep. Honestly, yep. like like I was like, whoa, fuck, I'm actually good at this. And this was an album that was always just had a very iconic uh, album cover. So it's the uh, the the album's the the low end theory, and it's it's basically writing that forms the outline of a of a female it, it on on a on a black canvas it, it's really good is it sort of like the uh, metallica black album where you can just see the snake no it's more the the writing is in uh green yellow and red so it's 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 got the kind of the the african nation colors in it and it just it yeah it's it's just it's a, it's a very good good album cover oh i'll have to is it was it on was it on the uh like did it pop yeah. up when okay i'll look at that yep 1991 is an incredible year for music. Yeah. Uh, like, well, like we like, talked about, like we talked about, we, we came up with other songs as we were doing this and wondered if we well, should just, expand this show or what, but we could probably do another 1991. Easily, easily. 1,000% we can. Mm -hmm. uh, leading us into this next song and giving Richie an out if he wants it. I'll, I'll stick for a couple more minutes and then I'll just disappear. Okay, good. I'll be so, gone before Sammy. <laughs> so the uh, like, yeah, no, the the way that music changed in 1991 with hip hop, R&B, uh, alternative, and the hair metal still trying to hang on. But then we got this song, uh, "Outshined" by Soundgarden. The, probably the first introduction to most people for Chris Cornell and Soundgarden. Like, just so fucking oh, so good. Kim Fahill, Chris Cornell, Ben Shepard, Matt Cameron, god damn it, just killing it. And it's another just song that hammers you, like just, just relentlessly beats you and it's so good. Yeah. It, 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 it's undeniably metal and grunge and all that shit like you just can't you can't listen to the song and not think of the word grunge yes 
but it, it, it still has, like you said, just more of a metal feel to it. A yeah. very harsh, harsh yeah, it, feel. It's got the grunge, but it's you could you could put this song up against you know, up next to Inner Sandman or something like that. And if this song was on that record, you wouldn't be like, well, this doesn't fit because it's too grungy, you know, or anything like that. So it's still got it's still got that old school sound to it too, very much. Did Rusty Cage come out before this song? No, that uh, maybe. God damn it. I feel like they released that one first because I, I think I saw the Rusty Cage video first, but then when Outshine came around, I went back and I'm like, oh, okay. This this was a song that broke them. Right, yes. Uh, yeah, and, and, and the video on uh, 120 Minutes, or, or, or what, was that what? Yep, yep, the two-hour rock and they, probably, they probably made it 120 Minutes in Headbangers Ball. Yep. But yeah, you know, it, it was just great. And uh, the fucking rhythm section on this song and Kim Tayhill with the guitar. God damn it. Like playing along, Chris Cornell singing along with the guitar. It, like that just fucking always floors me. It's so good. So fucking good. Yeah, absolutely, and it and it and it created a movie, which is which is also, you know, the the title for a movie, which I thought was also really interesting in the notes too. The feeling yeah. Minnesota part of the notes, I thought that was really interesting, yeah. even though they're not on the soundtrack, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, but but again, like you know, like the line "I'm looking California," which Chris Cornell with the long hair, yep. no yeah. shirt. Minnesota, like that's so fucking cool. It is such a good line. Well, and he thought like, it was dumb too. That's the thing is, he even said in the notes it talked about how he thought the line wasn't was was kind of stupid or whatever. But that's actually a great line. I think a lot of us, oh. are, you know, I think a lot of people feel that way, you know, at times. No, no, and that, that's why I opened the show with "I'm feeling Minnesota and looking Minnesota." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, no. I'm an asshole. I don't. <laughs> it, it's not working out for me. So. <laughs> All right, gents. I am going to bail. Uh, it's been great being back with you. Yeah. Well, see, can what do we do? Just end it once we're done. Are you gonna? Because you've got the. Yeah, got I'll, the I'll leave the zoom up. Okay. All right. See you next time. <laughs> All right. We've only got one song left anyway. Sure. And I don't think it'll take us too long to talk about it anyway. So let me scroll down my notes here. So last song on the, uh, on the list is our Van Halen song or Sammy Hagar song for the week. And, and uh, it's top of the world by Van Halen also from 1991 from the album for unlawful carnal knowledge. And I'm surprised, honestly, that I had not picked this song between last June and now as one of our, one of our songs. It seems kind of weird that I waited on this one for this long. But what worked out great is that you picked the out the song off the album "Fuck," and and we also had uh, the end of the world. It, it worked out nicely because this song is so good. Yeah, it is. I fucking hate that I used to give you so much shit about Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. Like the song is great. Yeah. This song's very uplifting. I mean, just no way around it. It, it puts you in a good mood when you hear it. You know, it's, it's just about uh, sex. Yeah, but it, but it's but it but it you can look at it in a lot of different ways. But it's but it just it, it's an uplifting song that makes you feel good about life when you when you hear it. So 
Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. no, it, 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 it's great. Like, it's just a fun fucking song. Like, going back and listening to this album in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, like, yeah, it's so great. Mm-hmm. This album, this album's a little bit disjointed, I will say, the whole album. You know, um, there's some bad songs on it <laughs> that, you know, definitely, but, uh, but this is definitely one of the, one of the top ones on there. This right now, there's a, there's a few others that stick out. Pound cake is obviously a big hit for them, you know, the singles. This album. Okay. yeah, yeah. But there's a couple of duds on there too, that, you know, that didn't become singles that I just don't think Sammy wrote particularly great lyrically, but that's okay. They, they probably were fine in 1991. They just don't stand up that well in, you know, in 2021 necessarily. But this one I think is interesting because the guitar riff, um, Eddie kind of had messed around with it since 1979 when Roth was obviously still their singer and would play it live during his solos and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, it was also taken from part of the riff that they used for the song jump in 1984. So it's got a lot of history of like, he was trying to find apparently the right thing to use it for. And it fit this song pretty well. When I revisited the song and, and, and bringing into the U2 song, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, End of the World, like I thought, like, holy shit, like the two of those songs together, you know, like kind of clashing, but being different. Like I thought that was really interesting. And it happened accidentally. Mm hmm. That's, like, that's, that's, that's normal that's normal for this playlist is we have accidental interesting things that kind of fit together sometimes sure sure no the, so the end of the world and top of the world you know like 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 that that whole paradigm thing like it was it was interesting it was so fucking cool and given the fact that i we got an extra week to do the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I, I got to sit and think about that before, but, uh, but yeah, no, no, it's, uh, this is a really good Sammy Hagar song. Mm-hmm. It's also one he doesn't sing live anymore because I don't think he can hit those high notes like he used to. You know, you just don't hear it. You just don't hear it in concert by him anymore. Like, if I do go to the show at the State Fair, I'm sure he won't sing it, which is too bad because this song and Dreams are both awesome songs that he just can't quite pull off the same way that he used to because he's 73 years old, which I get, <laughs> you know, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of understand that. What yeah. one, one note about this that I did not know is that Toto's lead singer was the background vocalist instead of Michael Anthony. I had no idea. <laughs> That's really interesting because, because Steve Lukather and Eddie Van Halen were best friends. And, um, you know, like even after Eddie died, he did a lot of interviews about being friends with, you know, being such good friends with Eddie and stuff like that, but had no idea that it wasn't Michael Anthony doing the background vocals. So that, that's a great, uh, you know, I missed last week's show and, and I have a playlist ready mm-hmm. that Jen and Kathy have helped build it. Uh, and, and, and it's, I'll get the notes figured out because, you know, being in Asia and the time difference, it's going to be 
you know, like there's going to be a time where I'm going to fuck up again. Well, it's not even that. It's just there's going to be some times where it just isn't going to work out to to tape sure. because of the time difference and different stuff like that. I mean, even today we had to, you know, Richie had to bail early because he had something and, you know, it's just it's just tough. And yeah. And it's also fucking Sunday morning for you guys. And, yes. And I'm getting ready <laughs> to go to bed. To sleep. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, time what time is but, it for you right now? Is it uh, is it nine nineteen in the evening? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But but so so we have a playbook set for when I can't make the next show. But I also like the idea of Sean of uh, being you uh, if if Richie can't do it, and Richie, you know, if he wants to listen to it and do it, but that, the Counting Crows album. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing and too is have- is I have the uh, country playlist ready too. So do you? yes, I do. do you? And and yeah. Jamie, if you're listening, uh, we've got you know the Taylor Swift thing coming up too. So you're just gonna. So be we've feeling, got. All I know is is that country playlist. You're gonna be feeling ten feet tall and bulletproof. I'm just telling you. Oh. <laughs> we will be back. Um, Next week, the week after next. Hopefully that little Counting Crows whenever. episode next week. We'll be back. We'll be back we'll sometime. Be whenever. Yeah. yeah we'll when, be whenever, whenever time allows. So, all right. Until then, we'll talk to you next time here on Sean and D's Good Tape. I want you to know it's over. Well, bye.